Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy Friday to everybody. We made it to the end of the week, and we are less than uh, two weeks, I believe, away from the NFL draft. It is coming up so quickly, and we are going to cap off this week's worth of coverage with another what would you do slash mock draft for the Giants. And here to join us to do his version of a seven-round Giants mock draft is David Turner. He's a former NFL scout, has worked with the Giants, the 49ers, the Raiders, former NFL – I'm sorry, former um, Arena League personnel guy, worked in the CFL. He is the president of Maverick Sports Consulting. David, always a pleasure to have you with us. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I am excited. This is one of the mock drafts I have been looking forward to because I know how well-connected you are, how you know thorough you have been. You have that scout's eye. We're going to do two rounds um, per segment. We'll do the first and second. Then in the next segment, we will do three and four. The Giants, again, do not have a fifth-round pick. That fit, that pick went to the Jets. And then in the last segment, we will do the two six-round picks. The Giants do not have a seventh because that pick went to the Denver Broncos for Isaac Yadam. So, David, if you are ready, let's put you on the clock. Round one, who are you looking at? Well, in round one, sitting at pick 11, and the latest mock drafts, some of them have Micah Parsons following falling to the dra- Giants. Now, if that if that is the case, and he is on, is he, and he is there, I think they need to run the card up on super fast speed because this is a different changing, just potential all pro Pro Bowl type linebacker with pass rush ability. He went to Penn State, obviously as a defensive end, had a freakish pro day with all his numbers. I know there are some character concerns, and that's why he's falling down to that that spot. I don't think it's some it's his talent level and the value at the at the eleventh pick is something you need to you you can really pass on. I think Micah Parsons, if he's there, would be a, a lockdown pick for me if I was Gettleman and the crew. Now let's say he's off the board. Now what do you do? Well, you start looking at the best the next best value, right? If J.C. Horn, long corner, is there, you can play him opposite of Blackburn, and you have another big lockdown corner who can grow into a number one corner. So when Blackberry or when he grows out of out of his contract, and you need a ne- the next young guy to come up, you would have you would have J.C. Horn sitting there. He plays the kind of press coverage, man coverage, physical coverage you're looking for. So, you know, he's a natural fit to this defense. If you want to give the offense a little bit of juice, you can look at Jalen Waddle. I mean, there's no better stop and start route runner with acceleration speed than Jalen in this draft. If, if he's there, he's a playmaker. The only problem with the Giants is he's short and the rest of their crew in that room is pretty short. So that's the only negative on him because they're, they don't have tall receivers already in that room. If they did, this might be my lockdown pick. My, you know, right now I'm looking at him and I love his talent, love what he brings to the team, but I can't make him a lockdown pick mainly because of his height and what the rest of the room is made of. If you, if 
Rashawn Slater is there, you give him a strong consideration, especially if you're going to play him inside. You know, right tackle potential, but I think he's an inside guy. With Will Hernandez being in there, you know, I'm not sure if they're in love with Will or if they're going to train Will to play the center position. Like when they did with Kevin Booth in his later years, they moved him from guard into center, and they might do the same thing with Will. And then you can add Rashawn Slater to the left side of that offensive line. And if Will's your center, Slater is there, and you have your draft pick from last year, that's a really solid offensive line, something I know Gettleman would love to do. So if my, my, my pick is if Michael Parsons there, he's run, I'd run the card up. If not, looking at, at the rest of this board, knowing Gettleman, knowing what he likes to do, it wouldn't surprise me if he picks Slater, but I think he would go J.C. Horn. Interesting. Okay. So Micah Parsons would be your first guy and your backup would be J.C. Horn. Is that correct? Correct. All right. That is interesting. You, I think you're one of the first people, you know, especially given the, the character concerns of Micah Parsons uh, to, to go with Edge, but certainly the talent is there. And, um, you know, I've also seen scenarios where people have suggested trading down and you can still get Micah Parsons. I don't know, though, how realistic those scenarios are. I mean, do you think if the Giants wanted him and wanted to trade down a little bit, he would still be there? I don't think he's going to be there. I think the I honestly think the Miami Dolphins are going to take him at six. He's just that rare of a player. I mean, you're talking about on the field, Ray Lewis, uh, uh, Pat, or sorry, Ray Lewis, Pat Willis type player. So for me, you, you know, he's a guy that could be a staple in the middle of your defense for quite some time. And I think many of these teams in the top 10 and top 15 have talked to him about those character concerns. And, you know, you would hope the young man understands, figures it out, and is ready to move forward with his career to make, you know, generational-type money and move forward and do what's right for him. So, again, I like Micah a lot. I've listened to some of his interviews. I I don't see immaturity. I just – I see a guy who made some mistakes in his past. Hopefully, they're behind him and he – you know, they're in the rearview mirror. And, again, if he's sitting at 11 – I don't. I know the Giants. The, I know their makeup. I know their player personnel makeup. But this is such a rare talent, man. It would be hard for me to pass on him at eleven. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. I know I've been leaning more towards offensive line because I know Dave loves his hog mollies, but I can certainly see that perspective. I think in an earlier mock draft, I might've had Micah Parsons as, as the first round pick as well. All right, let's go to number two, second round. Who are you looking at and why? Well, if let's just say they got Micah first round. Now I would be looking at um, maybe Malafatu, the corner out of Syracuse here, long press corner, or Benjamin St. Juice, Minnesota corner. Again, some people might, might think it's high for St. Juice, low for Malafatu, but the way my draft math is working out, I think both those players are there. And you can think, and you think about, well, we got the linebacker in round one, another long corner that both these guys are that can run, that would pair up well, play press, be physical in round two would be really interesting. Also, if Creed Humphrey is there, okay, since we didn't take Slater in round one, Creed Humphrey is probably the best center in the draft. And if he falls out of the first round and into the second round, that might be the pick right there. Because, again, he does like the hall mollies. 
But let me just put a little, couple little dark horses in here just to think about to tantalize the brain a little bit. Ellerson Smith, the defensive end out of Northern, uh, Northern Iowa. I mean, this kid had such a heck of a senior bowl week. He really proved he could play at a top level. That being said, imagine him opposite side of uh, Lawrence, right? So you got both those guys rushing up the field and collapsing the pocket with Micah Parsons behind him. Like that's really intriguing to me. And then the last last one would be the tight end out of Penn State, Pat. If he's available, I know they went and made some commitments, did some things at tight end, but I don't think you can have enough tight ends you know, in this offense that they're trying to run and do. And also he could be a long-term fix for him. So I think those are all in play. I think where they're sitting at the 42nd pick in the second round is really intriguing because they could trade back and get one of these players or they can take the pick right there and either get the long corner or Ellerson Smith or the big center. Now, I think it's going to be hard for the big center to make it that far. I think somebody would jump up in front of Dave knowing that he likes the Hogmalas and take Humphrey because I mean, if, if that guy's fallen to Dave, I just don't. <laughs> I, I see Dave like the backstop, like, well, you're going no further. You're staying. You're coming to the Giants, right? But that all being said, to lock in a, and trying to be accurate on the on the mock draft, I would if if we took Parsons first, I would really look at Ellerson Smith to be the second pick to really sh- sew up this defense and improve what they do with, and get to the you know it's all about pass rush, getting to other other opponents' uh, quarterbacks. Both these guys can do it, and they both fit the scheme very well. All right. So Ellerson Smith is uh, UNI, right? Yes. Okay. I'm just looking him up right right quick. Edge. Ellerson Smith. Okay. So you would go back-to-back. Micah Parsons in the, in the first round, a linebacker who can also rush the passer, and Ellerson Smith. Interesting. But, I mean, you know, for me, at Giants, it's always been about getting to the quarterback. That defense needs to get to the quarterback and disrupt the quarterback. And these two players in the first two rounds can do that for them. There's depth at offensive line. There's depth at wide receiver, which are other positions they, they need that I think we can move into. And, again, some of my scenarios have those also later, you know, some defensive line that could come up later. So if they were to pick, you know, the corner in round two, you know, coming back in rounds three and four, there's offensive linemen in my scenarios as well. So our defensive line and offensive line both in my scenarios as well. So, you know, I think this is a great draft for them. I think there's a lot of opportunity, and a lot of players at, right at their pick margins, and they, they'll get value each one. Now, let me ask you something. The Giants, uh, I, I know typically teams kind of feast, if you will, on the first 100 to 150 picks. The Giants only have three first uh, three picks in the first one hundred. How much of a uh, uh, how how much pressure is there on Dave to to I guess go best available versus filling a need versus marrying need versus best available when you when you only have three picks in the top one hundred. You know, I've been around Dave and when we've, and we've had this conversation and when you're in these types of situations here, you got to find impact players. They, they can't be, you know, down the road, get a cup of coffee, you know, percolate for a while. Those first three rounds, they have to be impact players. 
And I, and I, you know, I'm being honest. I think Dave's under the pressure cooker. The judge, you know, the coach net last year was a good coach. And, you know, Dave's been taking a lot of criticism what he did in free agency this year. I really loved as you and I've talked about on prior shows, but you know, if he doesn't build this team for the future and they don't come out next year, uh, you know, winning the division or, you know, being in the playoffs, it, it could be a long, long hallway walk down to the mayor office at that point. And, you know, I don't want to see that. And I would love to see this, the impact players be there for him. And I think they're going to line up. The draft mat's going to work out well, and he's going to find some good players to, to fill in behind what he did in free agency. Well, certainly can hope so for that folks. You're listening to locked on giants with Patricia Trana and special guest, David Turner, uh, Maverick Sports. He's also a former NFL scout. He'll be back in the scouting arena Note uh, in no time. I'm sure of that. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we are going to do rounds three and four of this all Giants mock draft. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings that are sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just do a search for the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and is fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and David Turner is our guest today. He is giving us his Giants only mock draft. David took some notes, put some notes together, is going through different scenarios. And so far, for those of you who have missed the first segment, he has gone defense with the first two picks. Linebacker Micah Parsons of Penn State and then edge rusher Ellerson Smith of Northern Iowa. David, we're going to put you on the clock for round three now. See, round three to me becomes a little bit more focused, a little bit more laser focused, hoping that a couple of these players fall to you and then you're making your decision. Now, again, we've gone defense, defense, but hear me out on this one. Because they lost their nose the, uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, there's a Tyler Shelvin at an uh, LSU nose tackle. 
He's a little squattier guy, you know, might, might not be get Dave's full cup of tea here, but he's such a strong inside presence. He's so violent inside. Like what he does do in there is just a wrecking ball. And I know Dave loves the wrecking balls. And so for me, you know, he doesn't have first or second round length when it comes to height, but I do feel he's got second round talent. So to find him in the third would be really interesting. You know, if we we haven't gone tight end yet, and there was a young man out of Georgia, Trey McKitty. He went to, uh, you know, was a transfer into Georgia from, I believe it was Florida, um, Florida or Florida State. And he came over, had a great senior bowl week. Measurables are off the chart. Adding him to your tight end room really would give you a weapon. I think, though, Personally, the receiver core needs to be addressed. I think they need height. They need length. And this is a round where I would make the move personally to go and get that since we went defense, defense, and pass rush, pass rush. Now let's get a big vertical threat, long, wide receiver. And to me, when I look in the third round of who possibly could be there, that would be Nico Collins, wide receiver out of Michigan. This is a kid at Senior Bowl week, was an acrobat in the air, with soft hands, won every contested ball down there. He's a guy in his, you know, I think he's got vertical threat sp- speed, needs to learn route running a little bit. That's why he's down in the third round. But he's got the height, the length, the catch radius, everything that you would you would think of. Like when, when Dave and the squad added Plexico Burris, big receiver. When Dave was down in Carolina, got big receivers. So – this is another kid that falls in that mold. You have to have him. The receiver room right now is short. And you went and addressed, uh, you got Rudolph in the tight end position. So you know, right now to win next year, adding a big, tall, acrobatic wide receiver that can get it done for you, I think that would be a perfect marriage and match to get three playmakers in, in the room, in the building. So that would be Nico Collins would be my next pick. Interesting, interesting. Even with the addition of of uh, Kenny Galladay, huh? Well, this gives your second your second big receiver, and then and then you can fill in with the other guys. And if Galladay for some reason gets hurt or whatever, your room has height. Good point. Good point. And certainly, if you think back to when Eli Manning was a young quarterback, he had Amani Toomer and Plexico Burris, two guys who were skyscraper skyscrapers. So I could certainly see that being, um, you know, in, in play. I, I don't think you can dis- discount receiver just because the Giants went, you know, and, and added all these guys, you know, Galladay and John Ross. And who knows if John Ross is going to work out for the long term. He's here on a on a one-year flyer, and we'll see if he can certainly rejuvenate his career. But uh, no, I like I like that. I think Nico Collins is, is a good value pick at the third round. All right, let's move to the fourth round. Who do you like and why? Okay, so the fourth round to me is like prime real estate. I wouldn't be surprised if they move back here with all the players that are going to be in that position. Guys like Richard Weaver, defensive end from Pittsburgh, or DJ Daniels, corner from Georgia. Uh, you got even Chris Evans, running back from Michigan. You know, I think they'll focus more on Robert Hainsey, uh, D- an offensive tackle from Notre Dame. 
We know the offensive line. We need some depth. We need to add some guys. Robert Haynes, he's a right tackle at Notre Dame. They pitched him in at the senior bowl to play some guard. He had a really great week at guard. I think this gives you versatility to play. He's a swing tackle type player, body, and he can pinch in and play guard at the same time. So while he's young, you know, you, you have very a lot of versatility in this player. At 116, I think he would be a great gem right here to pick up. And again, if for some reason Ellerson Smith wasn't there in round two, you got Richard Weaver here, a Pittsburgh defensive end, who's really similar when it comes to measurables, really similar in play, and he could fit their scheme really well. Chris Evans would be a great backup. I think, you know, Michigan running back, great size. I've interviewed this kid. I've seen him play. I mean, he's a wonderful individual. So for me, if they went running back here, it's a very deep running back draft. But in the fourth round, to get a nice quality backup here with young legs to fill the room would be awesome. And then DJ Daniels, like I said, at Georgia, Georgia corner. I mean, I think the Giants the last three years have picked a Georgia player, and they hadn't picked one yet in my mock. So I'm like, I got to put DJ Daniels in here <coughs> because he might be the last Georgia player they, get, they can go get. But, um, you know, again, I think DJ would be a long corner. That would be a good backup. I just, when I look at these groupings of players as cluster, I think Robert Hainsey makes the most sense for them because he's a versatile offensive lineman, swing tackle, guard, fill a lot of positions, very smart, high marks in character from Notre Dame. It's just, you know, to me, that, that would be my lock-in pick. All right. Now, let me ask you this, because I'm sure you're aware of the comments Dave Gettleman made about the offensive line, saying that they felt good about the O-line, the talent that they had, and you got to let the young kids play at some point, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Dave, from having worked with him, smokescreen or, or, you know, is it just all in how we're interpreting his words as if, you know, he's saying, oh, you know, we're good on the offensive line versus, oh, you know, I like what we have, but we can get better at that line. No, I think he likes what he has at the offensive line. I'm not as sold as he is. And that's just my opinion, but I think he likes his offensive line. And I think, you know, he's right in the assessment that you got to get him reps and to order in order to know what you really have. And with offensive line, you know, it takes, it takes time for that chemistry to, and that bond for them to move together and trust each other. It's not something or someone. And again, last year, like we talked about the offensive line coach left through the season, they had injuries, you, you need to have a full season or two seasons to really know what you have with these guys. The reason I'm going with another one in round four is because I don't believe Dave will ever get out of a draft without drafting an offensive lineman. I just don't see it. But again, I think that the, a swing tackle like Hazley is a, is a very good value pick right here. And, you know, he could, he could develop into a right tackle more likely in my opinion, a right guard type player. And you don't have to have him instant coffee right away. But if he gets pushed into a starting duty, say rounds or game six through 16 because of injuries, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be scared to have him go in there and play either. And that's when you're building the roster. You really, you know, on your offensive line, you got to make sure you got seven or eight guys because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be missed games here and there. And if you don't have that sixth, seventh, eighth guy, that can step in and play for you and you're confident about, I mean, then you wind up being Kansas city in the super bowl where their guys get hurt. 
and both tackles are out and, you know, they really didn't have a chance from the get-go. The thing about the offensive line, before we just get off that, that topic for a moment, a lot of people seem to believe that at left guard, it's going to be Hernandez versus Lemieux, which I agree, but that the, the loser, if you will, of that competition will automatically flip over to right guard. I have always thought that, you know, switching from one side to the other is not as easy as some people like to make it sound. And I know Lemieux and, and Hernandez have been career left guards. Um, they may have been doing some training, I guess, at, at right guard. But realistically speaking, I mean, if could you move one of those guys over to right guard? Is one maybe better suited for right guard than left guard? Yeah, Lemieux would be the one I would move over. Um, because Will Hernandez, from scouting him and going to UTEP and doing my homework on him, since peewee, football's played left guard. And he's been a one-hole guy his whole career. I, you know, if they do something with him, I would think they might pinch him in to play center because he's such a big body guy and he has an incredible anchor. Uh, if he could snap the ball and, and play inside with that big you know, size of his, that would be it. But again, I think Will hasn't owned that left guard spot and that's why he's getting in competition now with Lemieux. And if Will doesn't win that spot out of training camp, he might get traded or he might just get let go because it's not a situation where, you know, they can afford to be patient for 16 years with this guy. You know, he's got a, and, and he's had the starting job now for a few years. So, you know, he's going to be looking for a big contract bump and everything. And it's just not, you know, if he's not owned that position by now, you know, I don't know if he's going to survive this training camp. And he's also in the final year of his rookie deal. And, you know, a lot of people, they they ask me all the time, did he lose the job because he just wasn't as good as Lemieux or was it COVID related? You know, and, and obviously, you know, the, the Giants are never going to say one way or another what it was. But um, some people have said that he's not a good fit for what they do now on the offensive line, that he's not as athletic as Lemieux. I mean, just a lot of question marks. I mean, I look at that offensive line, and I think the only positions that are set are Andrew Thomas at left tackle and Nick Gates at center, and then everything else is kind of a toss-up. Well, even Gates at center, why he did a great job last year, you know, in the second round, if Creed Humphreys is there, I, I think they would they would be remorse and not even have it. I mean, have a deep debate about taking him because I think Creed Humphreys could be a 10, 15-year center in this league. He's really got some rare traits and some skill level when I watched him and break down his tape. So, you know, I think Dave wants to build for the future and whatever that looks like, you know, he's going to do. And in in the fourth round, if Hainsey's there, I think he's definitely in the conversation. He'd be my lock on number one pick. But if Chris Evans gets, you know, winds up being the nod, being the running back there, I wouldn't be surprised because with injuries in the backfield, they need to have another running back coming out of this draft and not addressing it in rounds one, two, or three. I think in the fourth round, it's definitely a conversation. And to have this big back sitting there, Chris Evans sitting there, I think he would he fits their style of offense. He fits the type of program they come from, uh, or they like they like players to come from. And you know, I think it would be a really good conversation and, and a spot for Chris to go. 
All right, all right. Interesting take, as always. That's why I love these mock drafts because you get different opinions and different, you know, perspectives that you don't even think about. You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trana and special guest David Turner, president of Maverick Sports Consulting, former NFL scout, former uh, CFL personnel executive. He's been around. He's been a part of the scouting community for 16 years. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to look at the two sixth-round picks right after this. Hey, Giant fans. If you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite a Bilt Bar selection and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not. You're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, regardless of the sport or the major event. Bet online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, offering real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your sportsbook experts. Welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked On Giants Segment 3. Patricia Trainer here with you, and David Turner is our guest. He is giving us his version of the Giants mock draft, a seven-round mock draft. Of course, Giants do not have a fifth-round pick. That pick went to the Jets in the Leonard Williams compensation. And no seventh-rounder who um, went to Denver for cornerback Isaac Yadam. But the Giants do have two six-round picks, including the Arizona Cardinals pick, which was obtained in the trade for Marcus Golden. So, David, the two picks in the sixth round, I think, are within – I think 10 or 11 spots of each other. Let's look at the first one. Who are you looking at and why? Well, I pick 196. You know, I'm, I looked at that. And with what we've done so far in my mock, where we had uh, linebacker, D-line, wide receiver, and then offensive line, here's a spot where you, you, know, you might start looking at pass rush, like, you know, off-the-edge style pass rush like a Jonathan Cooper or Adele and Hayes out of Notre Dame. Both these kids came down senior bowl, had great weeks. I think both of them have uh, good upsides and skill to them. You know, you might also start looking at another tall receiver. I know you're like, why are you on these tall receivers? Because it's a class where there's a, their depth at it. And 
tall receivers and quarterbacks are they're each other's best friends. So for me, a Trevon, uh, Trevon Grimes out of Florida, another big, tall, you know, six, four style wide receiver that had a great, great week at senior bowl week, but also some, a great, uh, pro day too. So I'm looking at him and then, you know, at, I'm going to just give you all of them because they're within five picks of each other. But then I get pick 102 or 201. There's John Bates, a tight end out of Boise State, who I really was impressed with down senior bowl. He was a guy that uh, showed up, didn't know much about him, really impressed me with his blocking skills, with his pass routes, his hands. And then a sleeper. I'm going to throw a sleeper in here. Keon Smith, offensive lineman out of Fayetteville State. Keon, you know, Keon is a guy that, I got to scout up close to personal this weekend at the first ever HBCU combine we held at uh, UAB down at Birmingham. And he showed up at six foot five, 318 pounds with an 81 and seven eighths wingspan, 35 one eighths arm and nine, three fourths hand. And uh, he ran a five, two, two for us down there. He bench pressed with those 35 inch arms. He bench pressed. Uh, what was it? 18 times. Uh, this is a guy who's, uh, for, you know, first 10 bursts is a one seven seven, which is good for offensive line. So I think he's a sleeper, but he's got all the Gettleman style measurables. So for me, it was, uh, I think it'll be fun to see if, if uh, I, I hit that one, right. All right. So you're, let's put these picks in order. Who are you looking at for the first one and who are you looking at for the second one? So for one ninety six, I would say, I would go with Jonathan Cooper, the rush end out of Ohio State. Okay. Because I think he brings a presence of pass rush. And again, this this theme to fix this defense, I think really has to be pass rush. You know, the the Washington football team went and got Fitzmagic. They got to get to him. Dallas, you know, has that. They got to get to him. You know, Philly's got a guy who scrambles around, who's mobile. They got to get to him. So for this Giants team to win their division, I think the offensive line has talent. The offense, what they did in free agent, has some talent. You drafting some young players that could be instantaneous pass rush guys. A guy like Cooper who can is flexible, can stand up and rush, can put his hand down and rush, can actually move in and rush against guards too. He showed that a lot. So, I mean, he's got versatility to him. Getting him late in the sixth round here uh, would be a steal. So I'd say Jonathan Cooper at 196. Okay. And then I'm going to throw in my boy, my Keon Smith, offensive lineman from Fayetteville State at uh, 201. You know, I think the offensive line, he's a big hog mauler that Gettleman would get, you know, if he went fourth round with Hainsley. And then he got Keon here. It would give him young guys to develop, and and then see how. And then it would fill his room with guys under twenty five. So the offensive line coach would have a bunch of people to mold and work with. Mm, so you're so you're thinking outside the box. I love it. Interesting. Yeah, you know, I think when you see players that have your measurables and you know have your style, and you know, Keon might wind up being a practice squad player next year. You know, and then moving up and down off the roster if they need them. And then a year from now, wind up, you know, being a guy that's in the mix as a versatile role. And then finally in his third year, you know, we'll see what we've got with him. And, you know, when, with your last pick in the in this draft, I think taking a, a lump of clay to mold 
with the right measurables makes a lot of sense. All right. So let's recap what you did and then we'll talk about what you didn't do and why. So first round, we have linebacker Micah Parsons, Penn State. Second round, Edge Ellerson Smith, Northern Iowa. Third round was wide receiver Nico Collins from Michigan. The fourth round was offensive lineman Robert Hainsey, Notre Dame. And then the two sixth rounds, we have Jonathan Cooper, defensive end, Ohio State, and offensive lineman Keon Smith, Fayetteville State. So not included in this group. We don't have a running back, and we don't have a tight end. So let me ask you about running back. Just not a good class, or just, you know, it's just such a deep class, or that you could get a guy as an undrafted free agent or, or does this, you know, the Saquon Barkley factor, you know, dictate what you do there? I think it's a deep class. I think, you know, you got Najee and ATN and a few guys at the top, but then they start to kind of clutter together. And like I said, it wouldn't surprise me in the sixth round if, you know, or uh, in the fourth round, if they wound up taking a running back there um, instead of the offensive lineman, if you true, that's when I think you'll you'll see Dave's true comfort is in the first four rounds with his offensive line. If he doesn't do something in the first four rounds, he truly is comfortable with what, who he has in the room right now. You know, I think if he makes a move somewhere in the first four rounds, he's he's got a little hesitation. He needs some, he's adding more depth there, so he needs somebody else. Um, I, I do think you'll find an undrafted rookie free agent running back this year and tight end this year that ultimately will, you know, you could find value in both those positions. The other position that I, I, I wanted to address during my mock draft was, was obviously corner. I didn't pull the trigger because of the value of other players and what they bring to the team at the spots where we were, where we were in position to draft corner. Now, again, it wouldn't surprise me if in the second round, Dave takes a corner um, because it's, you know, or even in the first round, like say, but like what I was saying, uh, Micah Parsons is off the board and J.C. Horn is staring him in the face. Wouldn't surprise me if he takes J.C. Horn there and put a, puts him on the defense with the rest of these guys. Um, and then that would lead me into the second round, probably still sticking with Ellerson Smith. And then in the third round, because we didn't take a linebacker, I would probably start looking for that linebacker there. Or you would take Nick Bolton in the second round to fill the linebacker spot. And then in the third round, you might end up not going with the receiver. You might go Tyler Shelvin, the nose tackle. So you sew up the middle of your defense in that scenario, a corner position and a linebacker in the, in that scenario. So. All right. Interesting. Now, (laughs) you know, one, one area that I haven't asked anybody about it. And I kind of wanted to say this for when I had you on the show is, is the undrafted free agents because last year, I know guys had a little bit more of a challenge to make the team because there were, you know, COVID and, and the effect on the workouts and everything like that. But it looks like this year we're going to kind of start to inch back towards normalcy, whatever, you know, the new normal is going to be. That said, who are some maybe, priority type free agents regardless of the position that you see 
maybe landing with the Giants. And I'm thinking, you know, obviously running back we've talked about, tight end they seem to be stacking up on, quarterback, I got to think that they would maybe look to get a, a younger developmental quarterback at some point. But who do you see as maybe potentially landing with this team as an undrafted free agent? You know, I think position-wise, it will. Let me let me see, commend everybody to getting these pro days pulled off. Um, so we have verified measurables and verified, you know, um, workouts to look at and stuff. You know, so I, I commend everybody there. But when it comes to knowing who's going to be the undrafted, I, I hear so many of my friends in the business. They're not in love with the depth of this draft. Most draft boards are sitting at 95, 90, 95, where a lot of them usually are around 115, 120. I know Dave likes around 100. But, you know, being so low at 90, 95, I just don't know who's going to wind up being undrafted free agents um, and sitting there ready to go. And and it that's a, that's a bit, you know, I'm, I'm tongue-tied because it's a bit of a mystery for me to know who's going to be undrafted free agents because so much of the fifth, sixth, seventh round scheme is going to be scheme fit. How does this player fit my scheme versus that player? So right now when I look at the boards and I see certain people, I don't know. Again, they like they fit a 3-4 scheme, but they don't fit a 43 scheme. Are they going to address that early? Or are they going to address that late? So much of the unknown is, is in this draft process, whereas years past, we would know better because everybody would have played a full season you got guys like Jamar Chase sat out a whole year. You know, how's that going to affect people's draft status? You, you know, we, we're not going to have rookie mini camps. It doesn't look like. So players are going to have a hard time that go undrafted to make teams. It's so it's still that it's still that uncertain, but at least we'll have verified measurables and verified times this year where we didn't have that for everybody last year. Yeah, and it looks like, you know, just looking at the Giants roster, it looks like they might be going with more um, more veterans types or, or guys who have been in camps before than, you know, maybe stacking up on, on uh, rookies. But, you know, I'm sure there'll be a few that they'll, they'll bring in, but I, I can't imagine they're going to go crazy. You know, I can remember in years past where there would be like almost a dozen or more that they would bring in. And, and now that just doesn't happen. And who knows if they're even going to have a 90 man roster this year. I, I don't know if that's been determined. Um, if well, that's an interesting 20. point, because if I, when you look at the rosters right now, mm-hmm. Patricia, most teams are hovering around 70. A year mm-hmm. ago, most teams would, were hovering around 80. So most teams are about seven, 10 players off right now, 10 to 12 players off where they were last year. And I know when the Minnesota Vikings went into the draft last year, I think they only had 67 players on their roster because they knew they were going to draft a bunch and then sign some after the free agency period. So I don't, I, that might be the teams tipping their hands saying, we're not going to get to 90 because when we go to training camp, even with three preseason games, we're we're only going to go to camp with eighty or maybe eighty five instead of the most like you said ninety five man rosters. Yeah, and also you know, like you said, there's only three preseason games, so just not enough it, to me. It just doesn't sound like it's going to be enough to to evaluate everybody. But I don't think that's been determined. But um, certainly something to keep an eye on 
especially after the draft when when everybody goes through. Uh, I think I've heard scouts call it the rat race to get guys signed and whatnot. So we'll certainly see how that plays out. David, great stuff as always. And folks, we would just want to you know let you know that when we do have draft weekend, David will be joining me. He'll be pro- providing um, some reactions, some commentary, some scouting insight on the Giants draft pick. He's got great notes and of course you know a scout's eye you know he's been doing it for over 16 years so really really excited to have david um not just on today's show and past shows but coming up i mean so much and and we'll of course also talk about some of the undrafted free agents if they do add a lot of guys so plenty of more stuff coming up with david david thank you so much as always for joining me oh thank you for having me i appreciate it so much All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for our show this week. Check back in with us again next week, and we will have all new shows as we continue our countdown to the 2021 NFL Draft.